0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best selling book called We Don't Die A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is WeDon'tDie.com, where you can find all kinds of great things. You can take classes, you can listen to past episodes, you can check out my other podcast, which is called Shades of the Afterlife. Here I interview fantastic guests like the one you'll meet today. And on Shades of the Afterlife, I am a reporter for the afterlife. So I'm always digging up the newest, latest and greatest and what science and medicine and what's happening in near-death experiences and all of that. So you can also visit shadesoftheafterlife.com to find out about that. And also we offer a free Sunday gathering every Sunday, 2 p.m. New York time, at die.com. 100% free. It's about 90 minutes. It's an inspirational service, not religious. And at the end, there's a medium demonstration. So perhaps one of your loved ones will come through. And even if not, you'll get to see just how close the afterlife is and that our loved ones are still around. Now on to the show today. As you know, I have a passion for sharing great people and great stories to believe in the afterlife. This is one of the Interview the interviewer shows because my great guest is Liz Enton, who calls herself a sciencey skeptic. Now, she's also a podcast host, which I'll tell you about in a moment. In 2015, after the passing of her dad, Liz started looking for evidence of the afterlife. Now, going on nine years later, she is the author of the book, What the F (laughs) Just Happened. A sciencey skeptic explores grief healing, and evidence of the afterlife. Now, we're all adults, so you can figure out what F stands for, or we could say fudge. (laughs) Liz is also the host of the podcast, What the F Just Happened, all about the afterlife with now over 70 episodes. And she also runs small private science and spirituality events with evidential mediums. You can find out more about Liz and get links to her book, her podcast and upcoming events at WTFJustHappened.net. Liz, my friend, welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: Oh my God, thank you so much for having me on. I'm a huge fan and I've listened for a while, so I really appreciate it. No
0: problem at all. I thought tonight, while we're interviewing in the evening, we're going to have a little fun with this because you're a like minded soul going out looking for answers, and now you share. It sounds like a similar story to this girl right here. So, tell us about yourself. Where are you coming to us from right now? And maybe how did your a little bit about your past before talking about your dad and then what happened?
1: Sure. So, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, right now. I grew up in New York, and my upbringing was, you know, very secular. So, I never had any hope of anything such as an afterlife. And then My dad passed in 2015 and anything, you know, I assumed consciousness without a doubt was created by brain neurons and firing of brain neurons. And I mean, I just, you know, grief, I just couldn't even get out of bed. I had no hope. And my very first thought on this just life changing exploration was, well, so much of science fiction seems to come true. And if that's the case, could time travel be possible? And, you know, I didn't really think it was necessarily realistic, you know, but, you know, the depths of grief, your mind kind of jumps around. And I'd have thought that if we are time traveling, no one would really know. And is there any way I could kind of figure this out? So I started reading everything about the theory of time travel and Einstein's theory of time relativity. And, Cut out time travel actually is possible. Not really practical. It's very theoretical, but you know, you'd have to build a spaceship traveling at close to the speed of light, but it can't really go do that. But just knowing that theoretically, time was so interchangeable and not as linear and set as I thought, just got me thinking, what else is possible? Very next thought was okay, if our consciousness is created by brain neurons, which I thought at the time, I've since changed my mind. Um, and a bunch of firing brain neurons created an experience of being me once. Could it most likely, if you think of eternal big bangs, big crunches, all the planets that sustain life, most likely it would happen again. I wouldn't get to be me. My dad wouldn't get to be him. But when your whole life all you thought was total obliteration, I was like, I'll take it. Googled that. Actually, a quick thought, I should add, when I thought that, I thought, if this is the case, is there somehow some way, anywhere that there's a bank that would store some of these memories or someone had access to them. Googled that, found Dr. Jim Tucker, Dr. Ian Stevenson. And once you find one, just this, the whole world opens up. So that was the step that just changed everything.
0: My goodness. I love that you call yourself a science, science sciencey skeptic. Yes. And you're talking about these theories. And you do you go down the rabbit hole with one with after the other, so it sounds to me like you started opening up what's possible, like there's something else that could be possible
1: right. well, I mean, I just always kind of would I guess I never really thought about afterlife before because it was just too scary when you assume it's not true. I mean, my mind just never wanted to go there, so but I've always been curious how the world works, learning new things, so the second I saw a hint of valid evidence about an afterlife combined with just being in the depths of just, you know, that gut wrenching grief. It was, I mean, it was just, I don't almost have words. It was just magical. I kind of explain it. Like if you woke up one day and saw a new color, you'd never seen before. And you, you couldn't just let that go. You'd have to be like, what is that? I, I know I saw that I have to go further. And so I went further. You know?
0: What was that first thing, that new color that happened to you?
1: Dr. Jim Tucker and Dr. Ian Stevenson starting oh, to read their books. Okay. Yeah. Tell tell everyone who they are cuz not everybody's familiar. Okay. Okay. So, both of them, Dr. Ian Stevenson has since passed away and Dr. Jim Tucker is his protégé. They are child psychiatrists, professors at the University of Virginia, and they're studying cases of kids with past life memories and they're getting valid results and even Carl Sagan said that Dr. Stevenson's research seemed really valid and worthy of further investigation. He didn't conclude, Carl Sagan did not conclude that he believed, he believed past lives, but he didn't delve in and he couldn't, he, he thought this was serious research. So that there was just so profound, so life-changing.
0: Yeah, there's some really incredible stories. And I know Dr. Ian Stevenson studied thousands of cases and Jim Tucker's got a couple of books out and it really is fascinating. I mean, it's just fascinating. And then, and I know you're like me and I, I took a little different route with the afterlife, but if one thing's possible, what else is possible? And then, oh my God, what else is possible? Can you tell us a little bit about the relationship you had with dad while he was still in the land of earth?
1: Oh, sure. Close relationship? Very very close. I'm an only child, and we're not super close with most of our extended family. So I'm still single. Haven't had children yet. Yet, hopefully, I'm putting the manifestation out there for finding the guy and having the children. But we, you know, I'm very close with my parents, and it's kind of mainly the three of us. And dad, he, I still use present tense because of all this research, but he's really funny he's really exuberant and you know I still I live a few months of the year in LA but primarily New York I grew up in New York so you know I saw him a lot you know I just pop into my childhood home and hang out he loves to read um very you know very kind of a thinker which I probably got it from him and he likes to put things together in unique ways and Hilarious, really big sense of humor and kind of a big personality. So I just really felt the absence. Yeah.
0: What's your dad's first name?
1: Is it okay if I don't say because I still research mediums? You, so for you evidence, do. I don't. It's fine. Say, <laughs> I even give I, him a fake name. I'm going to do book. a shout out. Let's, say,
0: let's do a shout out to dad. No problem not hearing his first name, but a shout out to dad. And I know my dad's with me as well. And- and uh, I kind of think behind the scenes they have a little fun together making some
1: introductions and things. Have you gotten signs from your dad? Oh my God. I've gotten so many signs. Or, you know, I won't even say so many as a few really, really strong signs that come in in really remarkable times. And you know, I could share a couple here if you'd like. Please do.
0: We love stories, Liz. We love okay. stories because so many people haven't had any signs or they might've had signs and they're dismissing them that they're not signs. And so for the grieving hearts, it's really nice to just hear what's possible. Cause when you hear, Ooh, that's possible. I, I can start paying attention to those things. So
1: share all you like. Okay. I will give my most remarkable sign. And you know, I do write this one in my book, but it's just, it's, it's so surreal. It's a little bit long. So I'll do a condensed version, but so I'd been reading about signs early on. I was like, no, I can't believe this. This makes no sense. And I heard feathers were signs. And so my dad's favorite color, I also disguised some of this stuff, like his hobby and favorite color, because again, I'm still researching psychic mediums and When they get that stuff or they get his name, which they have, it's so powerful. So I just don't want to think they could get it, it from hearing a podcast or my book or anything. So I'm walking along the street. I see a green feather. And this is just on the street of New York. You don't have a lot of feathers lying around. I'm like, okay, I don't really believe this, but I'll consider it. So I took it home. Fast forward couple years later and I was getting at this point I'm volunteering for the forever family foundation running their social media and I had a reading with one of their mediums Gina Simone who's amazing and at the end of the reading she said do you have any questions for me and I'm like such an evidence person I'm like I've gotta ask I said so did my dad send me any signs she said well I don't like to directly answer that because then Have your heart set on something you might miss a different sign let's say you wanted me to say green feather I was like Gina it's a green feather fast forward the next year and Gina's one of the mediums at the Forever Family Foundation event and I'm making little reels and this was before TikTok so but would have been little TikToks of all the mediums Super busy weekend. I miss getting Gina. Um, I go tell my mentor, who sadly at this point has also passed away, but Fran Ginsburg, one of the co-founders of Forever Family, you probably, yeah, I don't know, some of your listeners might know Fran. She was like my second mom and my main rock in healing my grief in terms of a person, you know, the evidence and an individual person, I'd say. It's Fran. Helped the most. And so I told Fran, you know, I feel so bad. I missed getting Gina. She said, no worries, email her, see if she wants you just to record a little video online. Normally, once there's a solution, I don't think about it again. For some reason, I start mentally obsessing about how I missed Gina and the way you get a song stuck in your head. So I'm taking the train from Connecticut back to New York. After the retreat, and I'm just hearing in my mind, like obsessing about it. I feel so bad. I missed recording Gina. That was so amazing when she got the green feathers. I'm like, I don't even know why I care. It's solved. Go to sleep at home at my parents. I still also call my parents. I sleep there that night before going to my apartment because I got in late and my mom was babysitting my animals. Wake up the next morning to go to my apartment and I'm obsessing, like cannot get it out of my head about this with Gina. And as I'm on the subway, closer and closer to my apartment, it's narrowed down. Where the part, first part, I feel so bad that I missed Gina, it was now cut out, and I just kept hearing on repeat. That was so amazing. She got the green feathers. As I'm walking up the steps of my building, I'm hearing green feathers, green feathers. I'm like, this is ridiculous. What's wrong with my brain? get into my bed. and I work from home. So I'm like, just get onto my laptop, start trying to work. And I can't even focus. I'm hearing green feathers. I look over, there's a pile of green feathers sitting on my floor. What the, like, what I the F, F just happened. The F Hence just the name happened. of the book in the podcast. <laughs> yes. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: I know. Full disclosure. I had roommates at that point, but I wasn't close with them And they didn't even know I'd lost my dad. I mean, I just didn't really talk about it a lot. Um, You know, they certainly didn't know I was researching afterlife or signs. So they wouldn't have gone and done that. I mean, if someone did that as a prank, that would have been evil. But, you know, just can't eliminate that. There's no way. No way. And I've never seen them with anything like that. So it was crazy.
0: That's great. That's great. Uh I want to
1: just back up
0: to what you'd said about mediums and not giving your dad's name and things. I had a heartbreaking experience that Mm -hmm. I met a medium who gave, I was actually in the body of an audience and this medium was doing a demonstration. And she told me the most special specifics about my dad that I was just so moved. And somebody said to me, you know i think that person might want to get on your podcast and i thought hmm you they, they sure they have integrity and i thought well I, th- I thought so and of course absolutely everything she told me was in my book so oh. did she read my book and give me that or was she authentic either way for people that are listening watching you want information that is not available And you want to really feel the presence of your loved one, those shared memories, right? And it shouldn't just be fact, to fact, 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 fact. Because as much as I know that there's great evidential mediums, I also definitely know that there are frauds and con artists. They have been since the beginning of time. They will always be out there and just buyer beware.
1: Exactly. That's why I disguise some things. and. I don't disguise everything in my book. Some's true, some's disguised, and I don't tell people what. So if I ever was with a medium reading and they got the fake stuff, then I know what happened. Most likely, they could be psychic then. I'm reading my mind. It could be remote viewing. You know, you can't 100%. But, you know, I know they're not then not talking to my dad. So...
0: I love that you talk about psychic and remote viewing. You are a girl on a mission to explore. Let me just ask quick how you got involved with Forever Family Foundation. Not too long ago, I had Bob Ginsburg on who spoke of Fran and it was one of the most special episodes ever who, uh, yeah, co-founder of Forever Family Foundation with his beautiful wife, who's now in spirit, Fran. How did you meet up with them?
1: So I... Again, was questioning all of this, and I was reading everything about psychic mediums. I was reading Dr. Julie Beischel. I was reading a lot of history, a lot of the studies conducted by, you know, William James and the Society for Cyclical Research. And I was like, "Well, I have a crazy idea." It doesn't sound so crazy now, but back then, I was like, "What if I went and got my own medium reading?" Which seemed like in insane. So, I went down um, the list of the Winbridge mediums, and the first one who was in New York, I was like, "It has to be in person." There's a lot I've changed my mind about at this point, but at that point, I thought, it "Has to be in person." I have to watch everything they're doing. I have to like peek in their ears and make sure they don't have a little like thing where their assistants feeding them information and they're not on Google. And the first one I found. People probably know her, Laura Lynn Jackson, the first medium I found. So I like give a fake name, identity, everything, fake email and get on her wait list. Now, at the same time, and this is just, I don't know, I just feel these things happen where they're so meant to in certain ways that I definitely feel I was directed to meet Fran and Bob. And again, they're like second parents to me. and. At the same time, Laura's wait list was really long. And at this point, it's closed. And so at the same time, I went to this event with my mom, of all people, who doesn't believe any of this. And she went with her work to honor a colleague of hers who'd passed away. And that colleague's wife was there. And she randomly said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. He's been communicating with me. I went to a medium. My mom's like, oh, God, not again. All I hear is this from my daughter. And so, of course, I was like, oh, I need her information. Get that medium's name. Go. She was amazing. I, she's not doing readings anymore, or I would give her name. But she's like just really underground and really unknown. She's not Winbridge. She's not Forever Family. And I was like, what was the catch? I, I can't figure out what the catch was. This cannot be true. So I started getting more readings. And at that point, I was on Laura's waitlist. And I'd heard about her. Also, I reached out to um, Dr. Diane Hennessy Powell. I've never met her personally, but I'd read her book. Do you know who she is? She's no a really interesting researcher. And it's just interesting because I was reading a lot of researchers it's interesting I picked her because she directed me to Laura which means uh, it's kind of seems to be like the path I was on and I just of like the 20 books I was reading I picked reaching out to her her name's Dr. Diane Hennessy Powell she I'm gonna have this a little mixed up she's either went to Harvard Medical School and was a professor at Johns Hopkins or the reverse but very like Everyone traditionally intelligent who defines intelligent and logical in a traditional way would respect her. And she studies psychic mediums and thinks something is going on. And she is now working on researching autistic children to test them for psi abilities, and is just blown away by it. That's great. So, yeah, she gave you Laura's name too, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to go to Laura's workshop." I go, I'm like the most annoying person in the room. I am like raising my hand every minute, like, right. But why does Einstein and Stephen Hawking say there's no afterlife? Why, what, you know, composition could our non-local consciousness be made of? I just wouldn't stop. And so, you know, she was lovely and so nice. And I was like, myself to learn more and I asked her afterwards if she knew of any place I might volunteer that was similar to Windbridge but in New York and she suggested forever family and you know I went to another of her workshops and she was like you have to message them and I did and so I reached out to volunteer and you know started volunteering and the very first time I met Fran and Bob it was like I've known them forever. You know, I just felt right at home and they really took me under their wing.
0: Oh, they're such good people, such a good organization foreverfamilyfoundation.org yes. yes right Dot org yeah Dot org yes yes just great so. and givers and they too have a radio show and just givers yes and some retreats during the year all right so then what happened because now there's a big shift between then and now you're a gal with 70 plus podcast episodes and a book at some point you said I gotta start sharing this or what did you do how
1: why did you do it and yeah. oh my! I was never going to tell anyone that I did this. Anyone. Ever, right. <laughs> OK. Yes. I was like, this is my secret life. This sounds insane. But people were like, you should write about it. Like the few people I told. So my first thought was, I'll write a completely disguised book. So I wrote a first draft and it wasn't good because it had none of me in it. And I was like, hmm. Can't, I don't know, I'm not really gonna do this. Then I decided I really just, you know, quite a few years I kept like talking to editors and considering. I was like, I've got to move forward with this. Then COVID hit and I started recording podcast episodes. I was like, I'm home, people are recording episodes, and everyone suddenly has a podcast and they don't all sound super professional and perfect. So I can, you know, I don't have to have this amazing episode and then Fran got sick and I was just like I I have to get this out there like I'd been planning to put it out there and delaying it and then it just felt like you know just getting partly just getting her word out there was kind of the kick in the pants that I needed to actually go forward with something I had been talking about and toiling with and Saying I was gonna go do. And it just, I noticed that, you know, I was thinking about this all the time anyway. And it was what I always wanted to talk about. And I I just had to, I finally was like, this is it. You know what? Fran always told me when I said, Well, I'm worried, what will people think of me if I go forward with this? I don't know if you ever met Fran, but just know nonsense yeah yeah she would just say meh who cares who cares and I was like you know I've got to embody some of that and this is a life transforming message and there aren't too many voices of people who really never believed in anything spiritual who got the evidence and I'm like if that will help people that will there's a subset of people in grief who just never don't really have voices that talk to them and that's what I was hoping to do and even if people do believe it already you know grief is still really hard so the fact of maybe hearing the extent of how skeptical and materialist my mind is and that I was convinced would even help people who already believe just get more verification did the podcast come first and then the book the book was already like in draft i was going to do the book before the podcast but the podcast ended up launching before the book that covid got everybody on (laughs) recording podcasts right yeah Uh, my first one recorded into my iphone in my bed with like headphones little like apple headphones so
0: it's funny liz because i think well there's god the universe whomever the, the spirit world they got plans for us i do think they do. And for me, I had a full-time job. I was cooking for race car teams. It was very busy, my catering business. But I had just found the information that I needed about the afterlife. And of course, my dad had passed. and um, and, and I wanted to learn more. I did. I wanted to read more, but I didn't have any time. And I had helped a guy who had a, I had a big crush on him. It didn't work out. The Relationship Aww. never went anywhere, but I had a huge crush on him and he wanted to have a podcast. And I said, darn it, I'm going to figure out this podcast thing. I'm going to help this guy start his podcast. And I did. And then he, you know, fizzled out, but now I had the tools to start a podcast. And then I thought, you know, I love hearing these life after death stories. What if I interview people? Who have books. it's That's where it started. And then I don't have to read them, right? <laughs> and then I can share them. And we just started there. So I started there just like you, just genuinely wanting to talk to people, learn. My quality of sound was so lousy for so long, but I didn't care. You know, somebody once told me as far as books, better than the book I wrote, even if it's not so good. Versus the one you haven't even written yet. Right. So I thought, better the podcast I have, even if it's not great than, you know, one that doesn't exist. So it all started just so authentically and being vulnerable, just like you. But then people start listening, which you probably had no idea that people started (laughs) listening. And then more people would come into your radar screen and and then you interview them. And then look at you 73 episodes, me over 400. And 170 of the other show. So it's crazy, 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 crazy.
1: So let's... What year did you start, by the way?
0: Uh, 2014.
1: Okay. okay. Oh, my
0: gosh. 10-year anniversary.
1: Wow. Oh, my. Wow. I know. Yeah. Time time just distorts, especially r- surrounding loss. I'm like, I think it's been like three years since I lost my dad. So even though it's going on 10, it's just unfathomable. Exactly. And grief continues on.
0: And like you'd said earlier, even if it's been a while, I mean, it's just right there. And all it can take is a song or a commercial on TV for greeting card or something. And it comes right back. So even though I've been at this as long as I have and you too, we love hearing these stories because I don't, I can guess you're probably like me in the fact you don't live full time talking about life after death.
1: No, I have another job too. And I, you know, can't every time I go out, it's not exactly what the whole world wants to talk about too. Exactly.
0: So So it's, it's, we don't live life. I'm speaking for you, you know, thinking about this all the time. So when you do interview somebody, it just kind of lights us up again. Like, oh yeah, bring it on. Let's talk about some of your guests, because what I love is scrolling through your guest list for your podcast podcast. We have very few guests in common and you're younger than me, right? Great. And you have, you're looking at me like, what? I said,
1: (laughs) I don't know how old you are.
0: 57, (laughs) which that's hard to believe, but I am. You are. And and how (laughs) old are you? Can I ask? I'm, yeah, 34. 34. So while my voice and my show, yeah, I think it's great. Well, it's great for my listeners. You have a fresher shall i say a little younger voice but the guests that you have are different so it's different content so i know people that like we don't die radio will like what the f just happened because they are they're different stories but they're so good quality and good people and you are that um sciencey skeptic who's Asking people these questions, can you talk about some of your guests and maybe some of the things you talk about? Maybe you have some stories from your guests that gave you that uh, holy cow moment.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll be—I'll call them holy cow moments. Holy here. cow moments. I'm thinking um, something else, but yes, yes. The title of my book said fully. Um, I won't say that here. Um, Oh, so like every single one, I would say that's actually a requirement to be on my podcast is you have to actually have a real evidential WTF, you know, because some people will have beautiful stories, but they're not, you know, like, oh, I felt my loved one around me, but then there's no verification. And right. I don't want to in any way take away from that, but I just try to overall make the episodes for I think of myself in year one, where I just couldn't believe this was possible. And anytime I'd hear something just belief-based, it was like waves of just sickness coming over me. Like, this must not be true. See, It's just belief-based. So it's like, that's who this is for. And God, I mean, so many. So my first guest, I'll give a few diverse ones. My first one was uh, a psychic medium, Joe Peretta. He's also become one of my close friends and he shared some stories. For example, he predicted 9-11 and he kept having dreams about it. He didn't know what it was going to be, but very visuals that matched up to what happened with 9-11. He didn't know he was a psychic at the time. He was 12 years old and a psychic medium. So that's one story, you know, I have quite a few of the Forever Family Foundation mediums on. Another one, Renee Buck, talked about how someone's, first of all, amazing sign she got from her brother, where he kept sending her these marbles that kept showing up. And they ended up matching the number of people in her family. And she didn't even know that because there was another family member they discovered So she said, "No, that can't be it." When a medium told her, "I think that's what it is," and then she found out it did. Um, My God, Lloyd Arbach, a parapsychologist, um, who really his work was instrumental for me in the beginning. Bob Ginsburg as well. That is an overlap. Um, Paul Smith, he is a remote viewer. He was part of Stargate Remote Viewing Project. I don't know if. Everyone no, knows. no. Tell us, tell us, tell us. So the CIA conducted remote viewing experiments, and that—that that was they had Paul Smith, Russell Targ back in the day, Ingo Swan before he passed. I believe it was conducted in seventies and eighties, and it was declassified in the mid nineties. And there was a whole program, and they got. Lot of accurate results with remote viewing. And Paul Smith was one of the Stargate remote viewers. And I'd taken a class with him and got to have him on. Um, Dr. Jeffrey Tarrant, do you know his work? No. He scans mediums, psychic and mediums' brains, and looks for neural activity. And he has found, for example, that when they are giving psychic readings, their brain activity is different than when they are giving medium readings. For example, he's found all this really interesting brain activity, and you know, just yeah, he's another one. Um, my God, we both had a Net Marinaccio on. I saw that. She's someone I know through Forever Family, who I guess similar to me, left brainer, who explored this. Um, I've had some people who do out of body experiences. You know, Graham Nichols, he teaches people how to go out of body and he taught a class at the Rhine. Louis Monero teaches people to go out of body and they all shared evidential experiences. John Kruth, he helps do research at the Rhine. Just, I guess I pick people that I'm like, I just, some of the people I met early in my research or discovered early in my research and people that I just dream of sitting down and getting to ask them question after question after question. So, you know, Dr. Jan Holden, who studies near-death experiences. I have a bunch of near-death experiencers that haven't published yet that I went to the IONS conference. So those will be coming out. So, Good news. And then you're going to interview me. I'm interviewing you. Yeah, I am super excited yes, about that. too.
0: <laughs> yes. We'll have some fun. It is the time, I think, really in humanity that we need verifiable evidence, WTF moments. And I agree. There's really good stories that people have of signs and things, but they're personal to them. So we may not get things like the pile of feathers that, uh, there, you know, there's some things that we cannot overlook. There was, um, one doctor that I spoke at and his son, they had a celebration of life for him, whatever camp he was at. And I, am not doing this story justice, but they released yellow balloons with these purple ribbons and all they could find was purple ribbons and the yellow balloons. It wasn't exactly what they wanted, but it's what they got. And so the place was three hours away from where he lived in New York City. And he, when he came home, <laughs> no lie, there was this balloon that was just hovering by his car as he's coming in. And of course, it's a yellow balloon with the the purple ribbon. It's just hovering low. Like, could that balloon have... <laughs> made that trip. What are the chances, right? So those stories need to be heard because I think, I want to say younger generations, but people are asking these questions. We need more than, gosh, we need more than just a belief. We need just really good, solid proof. And it's out there, Liz. It truly is. I mean, there's so much research being done on verifiable evidence right now and so many different things that Um, I think that's what's going to help the tipping point for people, all people to believe, because I think that is possible. So kudos to you and your show and you going after these, these stories. Um, So you really contribute. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Takes one to know one.
1: Yes. Yes. We are on a parallel mission. We
0: are. So, your podcast, over 70 episodes, all they're over an
1: hour each too. You, you, most of them, some yeah. of them a little less, you know, some just have, you know, uh, just everything gets a little more condensed in how they share. But yeah, most are over an hour. Most run, I'd say hour and 15 to an hour and 30, a couple, like 45 minutes, but just, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much. I, I could keep these people asked ask them questions all day. So Well, and one could
0: guess, because i getting your personality now, that you're very real with people.
1: I try to be, yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Very real. That- I've had skeptics on sometimes too, like Lloyd Arbott taught a class with Kenny Biddle, who was a skeptic, and I had him on, and we had a very interesting conversation, you know, so I have him, and then I'll have, you know, had Dr. Julie Baishel and Mark McCutsey of Winbridge, so I try to, if I have a skeptic on, they have to be respectful and having really researched this, because I think they have really interesting stories too, so. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think we can get good information out of everybody. Are your podcasts just audio or do you have some that are video?
1: It's primarily just audio. I do little video clips and then I have full audio for the people I met through Ions because I am doing a it's not they're not necessarily publishing all of them, but there's a possibility they will be publishing and sharing the video episodes on their channel as well. So it was kind of the deal that I cover them in with full video. One day I might have all my episodes published in video. It's it's a big edit. So it's a big job. So I'm hoping to, you know, might just be totally upfront is might wait till I can hire someone to help with that for each
0: episode. Yeah. So Mine started all as audio and then mm-hmm. I don't even remember when it was. I think it was pre COVID that every so often I do a special video episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those are my ions ones, the special full video. Yeah. So. And so
0: now they're all video and for mm-hmm. people who are listening, cause there's plenty of people listening on all the iTunes channels. Um, it's audio as well. So if you need any help down the road with anything, I'm here for you. I Let's appreciate that. You know, anytime. Um, So people can go to your website, wtfjusthappened.net.
1: Correct. Yes. And there they can find what? They can find my podcast, links to everywhere that it is. I mean, you can also search in all podcast apps and it's WTF Just Happened, all about the afterlife, no woo. And then my book, you can find all the links to get it from my website. It was just on Amazon as of today. I just, it just got released on all places such as Apple, Barnes and Noble. So I'm very excited about that. Um, the audiobook is not, I'm about halfway through recording that. So that will, right now it's just print and digital, but audiobook will be out in a hopefully not too much longer, maybe about two more months. We'll see. So. Oh, and well, then congratulations. My second book will be publishing this spring. And what's so, the second book? It is picking up right where WTF just happened part 1 ended, which was around 2018. So it's about I mean, so much has happened since then. And I'm also working on a third because so much keeps happening. Like the evidence keeps compounding. And I mean, I've gotten visits from Fran now that I want to put into my third book. My second book is a lot about my relationship with Fran, as well as primarily the evidence. But there's a lot about Fran in it. Um, And yeah, then. It's I I don't know the full title. It's the series are all going to say WTF just happened and then the tagline will change. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the next tagline is, but it will be WTF just happened. Like Sciencey Skeptic keeps exploring after life. I mean, it'll be a little catchier than that. I'm getting some help. but So the guests
0: that you interview, Liz, you want to have those WTF moments. Is that the same going through your book with the evidence and things that you want to make sure that people are left with that? Wow, there's something to this?
1: I do. Well, it really is a little different in that I curate my guests. In my book, I share my personal story, which includes people that I didn't think were so good. So, for example, I went I I never name and shame, so I'm not going to say his name, but I went to a séance that was awful. It was clearly fraud. And I also kind of poked around in the closet at the end. I went behind the scenes and I found all his props and it was just really sad. And I do think there's some, seems like that some seances are genuine. For example, Stuart Alexander, I've only heard really good things about. So if anyone's worried it's Stuart Alexander, it is not. And so I tell that story and I share in my book, my evaluations of things as I move along and I got a fake psychic medium reading in my first book that I share you know whereas I wouldn't have her as a guest on my podcast but I went to one of those storefront psychics and I was kind of testing myself as a sitter and I was like well if they're exactly the same then maybe all mediums are cheating and the quote-unquote genuine ones just put a veneer of science around it somehow or but it was it was like night and day it was so different so I share all that I share some of my internal evaluations and some of my relationships with people like Fran and forming the friendships with the medium so it's kind of it's really my story exploring all this while I share all the evidence and stories that I learn about along the way
0: it's wonderful because what you do is you're open the door for other people like yourself to do the same. And we have to do the work first to find, could these things be created some other way? Could people have found out about me on something that's happening in the dark. Could somebody be manipulating? I mean, there's there's a lot of real stuff and I have sat with Stuart Alexander in England. So he's-
1: You he's got to go. Deal. Oh yeah. And I've oh, interviewed my him.
0: I have. He's, no he's wonderful. He's wonderful. And um, Scott Milligan, Milligan is one of the authentic ones as well. I know him well and I've sat- well, maybe two dozen times with him in seance conditions. And we hold weekly trance demonstrations online. And it's not a single person that could convince me that it's anything other than what it is uh, because I've witnessed miracles. So people for themselves really have to do the work. And there's... Nothing worse, because, you know, I've known some fraudulent people is finding out people are con artists and, and this and that. So do the work. Right. And, but the, but it is real. This stuff is real. Mm-hmm. It is. Now, tell us about these private events you do, because I just thought, well, that's pretty interesting. You'll get together with a medium. You'll go into somebody's home, dinner party, yeah. whatever, and you present and then the medium will also do a demonstration.
1: Correct? Yeah, I mean, we offer a couple options. Um, they're called science and spirituality salons. We will either go to your home, myself and a medium, and I give a talk on science, and the medium will give readings. For those, we have a maximum of 10 people. And then we also offer a Zoom option. And for those, we have a maximum of five. And it's the same thing. I'll give a talk on the science. The medium will give readings and I always pick up, you know, very... Valid, scientifically verified medium. And for the Zoom ones, as of now, I'm also opening it up where if you don't have a group of people, if I get enough people, I will put together groups of five. You know, so it's like three people and two people want to do it, or each individual is five individuals. So because not everyone has people to do this with. if Especially like you were like me early on, where every single person in your life thought this was the most insane thing ever. And you wouldn't be able to find a single person to do it with you. Nor
0: would I want to talk to people in my life about this. When you say that you talk the science, what do you mean?
1: So I share about the research that's out there because most people don't know about it. I had no idea most of my life. So I share about for example, Dr. Jeffrey Tarrant, who I talked about, I share about the studies being conducted at Winbridge by Dr. Julie Bishell and Mark Bakutzi. I share about University of Virginia, Dr. Jim Tucker's work, Dr. Bruce Grayson and near-death experiences. I can customize it some too. If someone is like, I really only want to know about mediumship, or I really mainly want to focus on past life memories, or I want a little bit of all, I'll let people, you know, kind of choose when I come in, I'll say, is there something you want me to focus on more than another and let people, you know, sometimes I'll give a little brief introduction and they're like, wait, I really want to know more about that. So I let people, yeah, I let people kind of learn what they want as well. So I'm proud of you. Very proud of you. Thank you so much. That's great.
0: Roberta Grimes is an afterlife explorer who is, in her late seventies now. And she said, when she goes, she says, I'm going to pass the torch to you, Sandra, and keep on carrying on. And now I know who I'm going to pass the torch to. It's you. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. Uh, uh, That is such a big honor. Well, well, that's what I felt about her. She's got a podcast called seek reality and she's done so much. She's an attorney afterlife explorer, biblical scholar. So, and she writes about, Um, just amazing stuff. And she's got tons of books out. And she's a dear friend of mine, dear friend of mine. So anyways, and you too. With our limited time left together and no rush, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share or anything that you're just drawn to share to our audience today?
1: Oh my God. Um, I guess a few things. Like, I guess I can share. Some people ask me, first of all, what? was there a pivotal moment that changed my mind? And I mean, it's hard. There's been lots of them, but I would say there was one that changed how I started to process this information, which then changed how, how, I guess, yeah, changed my ability to start thinking this could be real at another level, is that my first Forever Family Foundation event that I went to, I ended up having like my own psychic medium experiences. I am not a psychic medium. I cannot do this 95% of the time. I, th- I can't say why it happened now. If my guess is like, I guess it was meant to either because a group of mediums were there and their energy, I ride on mediums energy when they're around me or like my dad and people were like, she has to do this to start believing that there's something going on but there was on the last night they had a dinner called strut your stuff and this wasn't their grief retreat it was their um afterlife and mediumship convention so you could either go because you're in grief or there were one of three tracks to develop your own mediumship abilities and I actually signed up before I started volunteering for them to go for my grief but I started volunteering for them before I before I uh, attended the event so the last night here, jokingly, Bob Ginsburg said, Liz, why don't you get up and give readings? And I was like, ha right. Oh, because the last night, all the mediums sat on a panel and guests who'd been on the Develop Your Abilities tracks had a chance to give readings, get feedback from the mediums. So Bob's teasing me that I was like, you know what? I learned a little bit about cold reading in Lloyd Arbach's class. And which I think is a good thing to learn if you're researching this, so you really know what to look out for. So I was like, I'm going to go give a cold reading. Get up to do it. Blade's there too. And I do not know what happened. I was planning, I was doing like a joke. Like I have a J name. Does anyone have a grandparent or great grandparent they lost who loved them? You know, just, you know, just uh, not even a good cold reading. I started to feel really, really weird. And long story short, I don't even know why I picked this medium. I walked over to this medium, Joe Scheel. Again, I'll clarify, my first Forever Family Foundation event. So I did not know these people. This was not unconscious memories because I'd hung out with them before and they told me stuff that I didn't consciously remember. I started to feel like all these waves moving through me. And I felt them move into my head in one spot and then burst. And I was like, did you lose someone to an aneurysm? Yes. I felt the same move to my heart and burst. And I just was getting accurate information. And it's also weird. Secondly, when mediums talked about how they would maybe feel something somewhere, I believed them because before that I was like, come on, you know, so I worked with them a little more in my readings. So that doesn't mean I gave away information, but if they started to describe something instead of saying like, you know, when I first went, I was like, if you don't get like name, date, social security number, you're not real. But then when they would be like, things were a little obscure. I I just, I believed them and it was in line with their experiences. So that was just life changing and the way I approached my research changing. So I think that was... Yeah. That was kind of a pivotal WTF.
0: You're so cute. You really are. I think those in the unseen world give us a little taste and then they say, okay, now you go and work at it. This is what's possible. You go and work at it.
1: Right. Right. Anything else, Liz? Yeah. And I guess just lastly, like I, people ask me what I think now and I'll say, I think there's a preponderance of evidence. I completely think something is going on. I think it's most likely survival of consciousness. I think physics will probably end up one day, I don't know if in our lifetime, this lifetime proving it, but I think the only thing that could end up saying it's not is if physics came up with a Answer for all this weird stuff that happened, and the answer is not survival. But there's just so much weird stuff; it is not explicable by any normal means or any means that we understand in in what we call a quote unquote normal science. And there's just so much out there. When it all starts to come together, it, I mean, it's completely changed my world view, my life, and if someone like me would come to think it's almost definitely real. The evidence is really, really strong. So I hope that gives some hope to people who are maybe on the fence and in their own grief now.
0: Well, Liz, you have been a delight to talk to or talk with, and I know it's rare that the interviewer gets interviewed. So I'm so grateful that we had this time together.
1: Me too. And I can't wait to keep talking and having and having you on my podcast. It's going to be so much fun. I have so many questions for you. They're already in the back of my mind in this conversation. So. And now
0: that I know we need WTF moments, you betcha, I'm going to compile some of my yes. best ones with all the research that I have done. Oh, my goodness. So friends that are listening or watching right now, please visit Liz's website, wtfjusthappened.net. And there you'll get a link to her podcast, you can pick up a copy of her book, and so much more, maybe even book one of these uh, Science and spirit spirituality events with her. It all sounds fantastic. WTFjusthappen.net. And as a reminder, my website is we don't die.com. You can click on past episodes, join our free Sunday gathering. I have a fairly new Patreon club. So shout out to our Patreon members, anyone who wants to donate a little bit to this one over here. Uh in return, you get a list, a complete list of now. 600 total episodes between we don't die radio and shades of the afterlife so you can search on your favorite topic you get these episodes before the rest of the world and yeah we have a nice community so shout out to our patreon members you can find all that at the homepage at wedontdie.com and if you're not yet a member of what i call my insiders club that's just my email list you can sign up at the bottom of the page there and in return You get a free copy of my book. It is the PDF version. It says it's only the first few chapters. secret is it's the entire book. As Liz was discussing how painful grief is, it's what I learned about grief that had me open my mouth about why I believe in the afterlife. So I think chapter 10 is the most important chapter about how to survive grief, why we go through it, what's happening in our biology, and some empowering tools to help move through it. So that's at we don't die.com. So, in closing, I'm Sandra Champlain. I'm always so very happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is so important. So, go looking for those WTF moments. And really, thank you for taking the time to watch or listen to my show. Please check out Liz's WTF Just Happened. And I really want to thank you for watching or for listening, and we'll see you soon.